Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Back here, it is Coalfield and Company. Out of Hill, Willie Ramirez and Ari is here. That's important, especially we're about to find out. I will say I'm, I'm enthralled. I don't even know what team this is because I think, actually, I think I can fix it on the TV. No. We, we haven't, like, zoomed in too far. Number 28. New Hampshire. All it was number 28? Yep. <laughs> I mean, it was essentially me playing Little League. It was awesome. He had the Just hustle. A, a big, he did not. He was incredibly slow. <laughs> big fella trying to get down the, down the line. Uh, plays for New Hampshire. If you're watching this game on ESPN, uh, he'll be up probably, what, an inning and a half? Two innings from now? <laughs> we'll get to see uh, what's going on there. Uh, did you? I just saw the Aces score. They're down eight at the half. Did you say there was something happening there, Willie? Yeah, it looked like um, there was a little bit of a scuffle. Kelsey Plum, there was a there was a flagrant. Um, she got into a shoving match. I'm looking for it. I didn't save the or put aside the uh, the tweet. And our good friend Sam Gordon, who's who's watching and covering it, but he did not. Um, he actually retweeted. Oh, you know what? I think I retweeted the person who. Here it is. Looks like Kelsey Plum shoved Bree January as Plum was running back on defense. The two started to get into it and had to be separated. After a lengthy review, it's deemed a flagrant one. On, I believe Kelsey. No, I think it was uh, the other way around, okay. and I think she took. Um, she, she didn't like the the foul. Order. <laughs> okay, yeah, makes sense. Well, she's a she's very fiery. She's she competitive. She's tough. Sure. She's and she she's an Olympic champion. She is gold medalist and uh, one of several aces to win a gold medal. So good for her. But they're down eight right now at the half. Keep you informed on that score as it continues. But it's time to do something here. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. All right, I have no idea. What the first story is, no clue. I made sure that I didn't have any information. I like to, whenever possible, I like to hear things for the first time on the air. That's how I like to roll. And so this, I'm telling you right now, could be one of the most boring topics we've ever done. This could go nowhere. It could be exciting. I have no idea. But Willie, we have an RE story, which is almost always very captivating. What an introduction. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, now I could just say anything, right? You wouldn't sure. know. So I got a text last night. I just want to get some feedback from you two gentlemen. This is good. This is know, be, I the perfect this. candidates to tell me some dating advice. Or, or really, <laughs> this is just more about being polite. I don't know about me. Come on now. The text came in from an unknown number. So that's already telling me I don't have this number saved. Hey, I'm single again. Let's hang out. <laughs> Let's hang out. No name. No who she is. And, and doesn't mention my name. And I've also been getting a lot of like you know, uh, solicited calls and stuff like, or unsolicited calls and things like that, spam. Uh, so I just said, who is this? The response, I just wanted to reconnect with you. My cheating boyfriend checks my phone, so answer if you're single, yes or no. Quote, no, I will stop bothering you. Quote, yes, I want to figure out an ideal situation for us. Hold on. Is this like a... Hold on. Is this hold like, on. Is it... No, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Are you... Did you seriously bring this topic to us, like, for real? Yeah. You saw what I said on the rundown. If, if this is, but I don't know if you're trolling. I I don't know if I'm are getting... you messing with us? No, I'm I'm not that complex. Ari, this is a scam. I... This is a scammer. Okay, 
Well, eventually, what is answer one for yes to like what? What are we doing? No, right I now? agree. I is agree. This Paul so, Revere. I agree. So I said I'm not single. Who is us? And then I said this is obviously some BS anyway. And I said one more thing, dummy. You said you're single, but then you said your boyfriend checks your phone. Dumb AF. And then she goes on to be really mad, and she says my name, or this person says my name, Ari, and says I can't believe you don't remember me. Blah blah blah. Since you called me a dummy, can't even remember. It's off the table now. Have a great life, Ari. And I scream back, I don't even know who this is that I'm calling a dummy. And we go back and forth. Uh, and basically, uh, the last message was, I just thought I mattered more to you. Oh, my goodness. And Am I the I only said, one? Well, whoever you may be, I hope you find peace. And I haven't heard anything back since. Upon hearing the first part, am I the only one that pictured a college ruled notebook paper pulled out of a spiral notebook that said, check, check the box, check the box. Yes. And it was slid to you. It was, okay, fold, it was folded Go up. Back. It was folded up and then, and then folded it uh, like a, like a, like a paper football and slipped to you at lunch. Go oh. back and read that text again. It was the, the initial one. Hey, no, 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 no. The next, the second one. <laughs> can I, can I just preface this? No, with one read thing? The se- no, read the second text again. I just wanted to reconnect with you. My cheating boyfriend checks my phone. So answer if you're single. Yes or no. No, I will stop bothering you. Yes, I want to figure out an ideal situation for us. Keep in mind, and I'm not I'm not trying to be anything I'm not. I've been single for a while. I've explored all kinds of different things, whether it's relationships, dating, or less serious stuff. And I'm not saying by any means I'm some player. I just I it's been years of of random girls, and so I don't really it's very possible. Years I, of random there's just so many of them. You I, can't no, keep track. that is not what I'm trying to say because I knew you'd go there, but <laughs> I'm saying it's it's very possible that this is a real person from a few I had a couple candidates in my head. There's one girl, but she lives in Seattle and like the number doesn't match up. It's it's just what's, weird. The, so, yeah, what's the area code? 702. Um, oh, I also oh, did man. every I exhausted all the resources, the the Snapchat trick that Chrissy taught me to, to find these people. Sure. I cannot find this number. It doesn't they're not so I don't know. It very well could be a scam. I just but I don't see like what the benefit is of this person unless they're just trying to get me. I am saying this is not a scam. I'm saying it's a person specifically that knows me is trying to scam me. And that's a difference between what you're talking about. Or, well, why be so vague? Even when you came back at like being not knowing who you are, you wouldn't, then you would be like, oh, you know, first of all, you need to send the standard new phone. I I don't have your number. New phone. Who like dis? that's an obvious that you have to send. Obvious, don't, yeah. don't, don't send the cheesy new phone. Who this? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just like oh, you know, I I don't have any numbers hey, in this yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, hey, that's what you have to do yeah, first. Instead of just going dummy. No, no, no. You- the first thing I said is who is this? <laughs> just not in the cool hip way. But I said who is this? What was the response to who is this? That the text you made me read three times, the reconnect with you stuff. <laughs> okay. The, she didn't say my name until later when she said, you know, right. now it's when, completely off the table. Have a great life, yeah, Ari. When she then looked up your number, or this this dude looked up your number and found <laughs> what your name is that owns the phone. Uh, Maybe it's one of the guests I blacklist. Sure. From, from Cofield and Company. Could be. Uh, this is a disaster. We'll have to get <laughs> we'll have to get follow up on this. Actually, maybe we need to get the number. And then start doing Do some investigations research. as yeah. well. There's one last thing here. Because Star 67, the blocking never works anymore, I don't think. Yes. But I could call the number from the station phone, because they're not going to mm. know what that is, and just see who it is. Going like, back to the oh. um, the $45 appetizer that was mispriced in, 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 <laughs> sure. in that, that night and the conversation that took place among our crew, you see why I've chose the life sure. that I've chose? Sure, yeah. Yeah, see. yeah. but I mean, I... That's a whole other big fight. It's a whole other thing. But no, actually, I'm going to say no, I don't. 
There is other. There's. Never mind. We don't have to get. We don't have to get too far into that. I. We need follow up on this. Uh, we did have uh, at least one response. Um, I don't think it's Steve Cofield's burner phone, Sean. That's not the case. Uh, I believe Ari is getting catfished. I That's do great. believe that part uh, for sure. But uh, man, we're gonna need to follow up on this one. We will. We will. Still a lot of days left in the week. Sure. Number four. All right. Is anybody ever going to be the host of Jeopardy? That's my question. And I need to know because I am a Jeopardy fan. I like to watch it. Uh, we had the disaster uh, of Mike Richards naming himself after an extensive search. Uh, you know what? I've searched far far and wide. I've determined only I can do this job. So he names himself. Then he's out because he's got problematic past. Uh, then Aaron Rodgers comes out and he says, you know what? If they would have offered me the job, I would have taken it. Like, yeah. I'm in. I'll take the job. Yeah. Now, they're going to have to work around the schedule a little bit, but I definitely have Tuesdays open. I have the offseason open. I-, I want it. So he's back in. Maya Bialik, Blossom. Blossom. I know she's done other things since then, but she's Blossom. And she's more Always importantly, Blossom. More importantly, she's friends with six. That's yeah, for the 90s kids out there. You get that. Uh, she's back in. I actually saw some problematic stuff from her as well today. Yeah. Where people are freaking out about it. I don't know if anybody wants this job. Oh, boy. Uh, I You hate when the Little League kids just make a mental error. <laughs> we, got, we got it on in the studio. It's a ground ball to the kid. He just d- didn't know where to throw it. He just stood there, <laughs> stared. Uh, that, you his feel teammates, bad for His teammates They're just like shock. Everybody's like, what just, what just happened? His coach looks like Urban Meyer did last I think, night. I think he literally just panicked. Like yeah. he's playing in a game that's on TV, and he's like, oh, "I'm just gonna stand here." <laughs> um, so we still don't know what's really gonna happen with Jeopardy. It does look like. Did I miss something? What happened to Levar Burton? He got a tryout, but he didn't get. So most that that's part of the I guess conspiracy theory, although it might be a true um, that his tryout was not as good, not from his perspective. Everybody else got two weeks, and they got, like, normal weeks. And then he got, like, one week, but it was disjoint, a disjointed week that didn't really, um, you know, allow him to showcase his talents like he should. And the the conspiracy theory, although I'm, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, it could be true, is that he was doing too well. And, again, the Mike Richards guy who was in charge of the search, who eventually named himself, apparently was like, uh, this guy's too good. We don't, We can't let him do another tryout because he's going to kill it, and he's going to be the host. So we can't have that happen. So he's out. Although he might be back in now with the Mayan Bialik situation. This is a mess. You're a Saturday Night Live fan, right? Of course. I say we just uh, nominate Keenan Thompson because he, he does a version <laughs> he hosts of every, that. He hosts every game show on SNL, basically. Yeah. I'm in for that. I'm, think- I'm there for it. Although uh, Will Ferrell doing his Trebek yeah. would be pretty good, too. Either way. can we? Yeah, let's just make it jokesters. Let's do that. I'm, I'm in for Keenan Thompson. Rotating jokesters. Keenan Thompson's never leaving SNL, though. So I don't think he could leave. How about what about Frank Caliendo? And every week he does it in a different character. He did one week he's grooved in. Ah, be, one week that would be, that'd be overkill. It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot for him, huh? Yeah, it's just it's a lot too. Like you you don't know who you're tuning in to watch every week. <laughs> it's, a, it's very confusing. No. I, I I mean I'm fine with listen. I'm good with Keenan Thompson. I'm good with. I'm good with Keenan Thompson. I'm, good, I'm, I'm good definitely with good with Lavar Burton. Did you? Did you? Miami Alec. Were you on the red Jennifer carpet? Oi. Were you yeah. on the media red carpet the year that he was that he hosted the NHL awards? Trebek. He, 
No, Keenan Thompson. <laughs> yes. He was awesome. He's great. I interviewed him. He's good. Yeah, he's, he was real good. He's very good. Yeah. Number three. All right. I, I, this would actually be a much better podcast topic, so I'm, I'm already throwing this out and saying uh, maybe we can't say everything we want to say. Did you watch the fight at the Steelers game? I saw the video. I did. Yeah. It's the second straight week that we've got the female in the group causing trouble and escalating things to a point that they don't need to be at. And in this case, she gets her, everybody's saying husband, I don't know, husband, boyfriend, date. God, if that's a date, that poor guy. If it was just a date and he had to stick up for this loud Karen and then gets knocked out for it. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would suck. Imagine if it's a first date, too. You know, no, like, it's the last date. It, whether it's the first, second, or third, I, I'm, I'm, it, it, if that's the case, it's it probably was the last. I don't know. I think Ari would go out there again, if it got, even if he well, got, what got if knocked she, out. She'd have to text him. True. And he'd have to have her <sighs> number saved. It was, <laughs> it's true. Um, I just... I don't know. Do you? In this case, if you're the dude, I, for those that didn't watch it, uh, there's a lady arguing with a guy that's sitting in front of her, and her date, boyfriend, husband, whoever, is sitting next to her, and he's asking her, like, hey, listen, just drop it. Knock it off, please. We don't need this. And she tells him to shut the blank up and sit down and mind his own business. <laughs> and then she turns around and slaps the guy in front of her, who's a pretty big dude. Yeah. And then the guy who had been told to sit down and shut up by his SO then has to stand up and defend her. And for his efforts, he gets knocked out cold. cold. If, you watch, if you watch the beginning of the video, she's in his face and he the, the guy is looking around her at the guy at the date, at the dude, and saying something to her. And the thing is, I he the woman is leaning in and the thing is, yes, she slaps him, but he, the other guy actually puts his hands on her first in a in a pushing manner, like pushing her hand or her arm. Yeah, get your hand and off. And she man. shoves his hand away and then slaps him. Right. So, who initiated what? I don't know, but oh, obviously she she's she, she's it. the angry Karen. Yeah. No, I'm saying in terms of the physical, right. she slaps him. She's the angry Karen. She's in his face. He's leaning around her. I don't know what he's saying to the guy, whether it's you know. Get her, control her, <laughs> yeah. do something. But yeah, um, she unleashes on this guy. I, I have some questions about the legalities for Justin Watkins that we'll get into tomorrow. Uh, my question is more logistically. Uh, okay. We already said, like, hey, listen, if this is a date or just your girlfriend, you're probably breaking up with her, right? Like, she's putting you in a bad position. Is she taking so, an Uber home? So, well, no, I think I would still give her a ride. I'm just nice like that. But my question is. If we already know this is it, if you're if it's your wife, God, I feel sorry for you, bro. But if it's your wife, then you're kind of in a bad spot. You're gonna have to stick up for. Her. But if you're dating, or it's your first date, or it's just your girlfriend, I think we've agreed that you just move on. Like you're not gonna be with her anymore. But do you have to stick up for? Her? Do you have to defend her? Or are you like, hey, listen, that's you. I'm done with this. You're out. If, if, if you're one last act. As the boyfriend or as the date, 
is like, do I still have to stick up for her knowing like I'm done with this? No, not if you <laughs> not if you know that you're out. You don't. You just have to you have to control her, get out of the situation, and at the same time, if you truly believe she was wrong. Then you might want to look at the dude and be like, hey, man, I apologize for her actions and get out of there because it's already heated. What are you going to do? Watch the rest of the game? <laughs> I mean, you got to go. I mean, you 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 do have to diffuse it. I think you have to stand up and diffuse it. And if she's in the wrong, now don't get me wrong. I mean, we don't know what took place. But by the by the body language of the date, it looks like he realizes that she She's like, oh, God, I, got, I, have, like, to, I, can't, I yeah. have to do this. Yeah. And by the way, the dude stands up to defend her. Gets knocked out. He's probably going to wake up when it's week two against the Raiders. He's like, wait, this isn't the game I was watching when I got when I got punched. What is happening here? He was knocked in the next well, week. Well, it looks like he, sw- he went uh, upon swinging. It looks like he connected with, with the lady, too. Yeah, it was. It got ugly, but she definitely started it with the, with the slap. That's a tough position to put anybody in. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not comfortable. Hopefully this doesn't happen with Ari and his mystery texter. You know? Number two. I'll be calling <laughs> Willie for a it's, little help. <laughs> Okay, so I know you saw a Mark Andre Fleury practice video yeah. on social media. Yeah, are you just trying to rub it into people now? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Having to watch Fleury having fun in practice, stopping pucks all over the place. Did you see my Instagram share? I did. I put it up there. I said, "Yeah, they'll be all right without him." <laughs> I mean, he. You know, the very first thing I thought of was finally, I finally saw somebody tweet that when I sent you. The link, I was like, hey, uh, let's, you know, let's bring this up today, obviously. But um, was I thought it was great that he still has his gold pads. He had a Penguins jersey on or Penguins shirt, whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I did I did scroll through a couple of Twitter threads with the different people that shared the video on Twitter. And just to see how many angry and the Golden Knights fans are still angry. Of course they are. They're just livid. Golden Knights made a mistake. They'll be sorry. I'm not going. The different, just different things that come up, you know. But uh, Flurry looked good. Yeah, sure. He's sure. excited. He's ready. He is. Fans are not ready to see him in a Chicago uniform. He was still wearing the gold helmet. I know people were probably excited about that. Uh, but yeah, you're gonna have to see a lot of excited Chicago fans and really depressed Golden Knights fans over the next couple of weeks. Number one. All right, not enough time to get into this like we should. The Alliance is here. The Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC. Who's missing there? Uh, The Big 12, which is not going to be a conference anymore. I keep telling people that this is going to happen. The Big 12 is done. It is done. But there's so much more to get into on this. Uh, Not going to be able to maybe dive as deep as we want to, but... A little bit more on the college situation, what this could mean going forward. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. I'm really proud of him. I'm really excited to see what he does in his future. I think we tried to summarize him a couple days ago. He has the it factor. He, he rarely makes the same mistake twice. He loves football. He eats it up, and he's he's one of the energizers of our defense. He's walked in here and given us a lot of skills that we can utilize, certainly. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Yeah, there's so much to get into on that college 
aspect of the conferences and everything that's going on there. Uh, we'll get into more of that tomorrow. Oh, boy. Errors all over the place in this little league game. Uh, get into that a little bit more. Just dropped an easy fly ball and then threw it away. Uh, more of the college talk tomorrow. Uh, we have a little bit more time to delve into it. Uh, but we hear about the Raiders there. And in particular, Nate Hobbs, who has been uh, one of the big stories of training camp so far. And I know you were able to uh, delve a little bit deeper into his story. Yeah, I, I wanted to do something on him. But, you know, with because he's emerged the way that he has, a lot of us have written about him or included him in, in our stuff. So I, uh, I reached out to his high school coach, Chris Wolf. Um, and he played for the second winningest high school in the history of high school football. Um, You know, he, uh, uh, Valdosta from Georgia is number one with wins. And then after that is Louisville male high school. And I was shocked when I heard um, Chris Wolf tell me that he flew under the radar for a team like that that's always contending for, you know, it's somewhat like in for local terms, it would be like a Gorman or a Liberty um, in Kentucky. But he was not recruited whatsoever. Louisville or Kentucky never had him on the radar. And when Illinois came to visit, he had one in-state offer, and they had no competition. So his senior year um, – he graduated in 17, so 16, 17. He didn't commit till December 2016 when, you know, in his senior season. Most big-time players are committing, you know, the end of their junior year or going into, the, into that summer. They want to get it out of the way. They want to focus on their senior year. Nate Hobbs, um, he was somewhat under-recruited. His, his coach said he was a late bloomer, but not in terms of his talent, but more so as a, as a recruit. And but he had, he says in the story that uh, that I wrote and released on uh, on the AP Newswire today um, that uh, he he knew it all along. He saw it. He he knew it. He knew it his senior year. He knew what he was capable of, and that the emergence we're seeing now it comes to no as no surprise to him. So I will uh, retweet that, and uh, it'll be at the top of my timeline if you want to read it. It's really good take. Um, you know that I appreciated the the high school coach. He reached out to me Sunday night. We 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 chatted for a little bit, and just giving a different perspective of something we already know and we've read. But when you read about this kid that from you know four or five years ago, and and now where he's he's taken it, and we hear Gruden's comments, um, it's just interesting to hear, especially the fact that he was so under recruited. He, t- he gave gave me an anecdote which I shared in the story, and I'll leave that for you all to read. There you go. So check that out up on your Twitter. Uh, we'll continue as we uh, get more into the Raiders and what is going on uh, in their training camp. Bill Williamson joins us next. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. Peterman backs up into the gun. Regus is alongside. Peterman backs the throw. Pump fake. Now comes to the end zone. Got a man. Ethan touchdown. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. It is Cofield and Company here on a Tuesday. Wrapping things up in the final hour here on the program. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez filling in for Steve Cofield 
Uh, we're talking a little Raiders. We'll continue that conversation with Bill Williamson. You can follow him up on Twitter at B Williamson NFL and check out his work at SB Nation as a Raiders writer. How you doing, sir? Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of, of course, man. We uh, we just heard a touchdown from Marcel Aitman, no longer a Raider. Uh, a couple of uh, transactions Very today. Nostalgic. Yeah, a couple of transactions today. Anything surprise you that the Raiders did today? Um, think so. I mean, you know, they they started yesterday and a couple of things uh, today. I, I think the things that stand out is you know Lee is not going to be a Raider this year, and he signed a one year deal, I believe. So, you know, he can't play being put on injury reserve at this point. So. You know, so long to him. Um, I think they're going to they're going to add a linebacker, a veteran linebacker, at some point. Interesting, very interesting that Jav- uh, Javin White. There's no you know injury reserve on him. Maybe the injury is not as bad as they thought. We will you know we'll hear something as soon as tomorrow from John Gruden on that. But it certainly looked like it was bad three nights ago. But there's been no move, so that has to be considered um, encouraging. And then Gary Stills, is, you know, is a. I think that's a lesson to us all that let's get to training camp and see what happens because a lot of people were, you know, saying this guy is going to make the 53 man roster after, you know, a couple weeks in May. And now he's waved in there. Maybe he comes back to the IR, but, you know, he's not going to be in the media plan. So it just shows you you got to let things play out. For sure. Well, speaking of that, we've got one preseason game left before final cutdowns. It's. A different kind of season with only three instead of four games. And last year, of course, we didn't have any, uh, but only one cut-down day left a week away. Uh, what are you looking for going into this final preseason game? What is there still to be determined, and uh, what do you be paying most clo- close attention to? Well, you know, I think that's really going to be determined by what John Gruden's plan is. You know, I mean, from what he said after the game on Saturday against the Rams, it, it the read I got from it is that maybe he's not going to play many starters in that game. He, the way he was talking was, you know, we'll see. That we still got to figure out the bottom of the roster. It sounded like there's going to be more bottom bottom of the roster guys playing. Um, yesterday, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers coach, said that yeah, the starters are going to play. I don't think that should affect John Gruden's decision. I don't think it will, but it could be a situation where you see starters against backups. I don't know. I wish maybe get some clarity on that this week. But I mean, I think some starters need some work. I want to see. Uh, Brian Edwards play, you know, I mean, this is a guy who didn't play much as a rookie, wasn't very good as a rookie when he did play, was really good in training camp last year, been really good this year in training camp. I, I think he needs some reps. I want to, you know, same, same for rugs to a, a certain degree. And, you know, maybe get your starting quarterback some, at least one uh, series, because if not, you know, you're risking a rust. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of those type of questions, but you know, I want to see Nate Hobbs make more plays. I, I expect him to. You know, this guy's been fun. He's and he's been legit. Um, you know, I want to see uh, Raggis and Emmons make a push for the 53. I want to see Bradley's defense play well schematically again. I mean, we're seeing a lot of backups, but these this defense has been impressive because everybody's been in the right place. They haven't been giving up a lot of plays. And it just seems better. I want to see that continue. Bill, you, we talked about today's cuts. Aitman, of course, uh, goes. But I, I'm curious, the the receiving depth on this team, I mean, it's coming down to it, whether he decides to keep five or six, and, and who you think might be on the bubble that 
that might surprise some people. Um, you know, I wrote a story recently on Zay Jones that, you know, considering Henry Ruggs in there, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, and then who who's who's left to choose from, I think Zay's in for sure. But in terms of whether they keep five or six and how much that you know that that's going to matter to who 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 slips in there with that final spot. Can you talk to the receivers' depth on the on the Raiders? Yeah, I, I think I think they keep six. They keep five. Um, that means they have you know they have a, a bigger need somewhere else, maybe on the offensive line. You know, I, I would feel comfortable if you kept six receivers and four running backs. Um, you know, five, I guess, including uh, Ingold. Um, but, yeah, it could come down to Zay Jones and Snead if they do keep five, and I think that's really interesting. But I do think it's six. Everybody's been everybody's been hearing so much about zone, uh, Zay Jones. They're excited about it. I asked somebody the other day, do you think he's going to be in the mix and in the rotation? Because this is a guy who really hasn't made an impact. He's been a Raider for 26 games, 34 catches. That's, that's not a lot of uh, juice there. Um, but they do think he's going to be part of the uh, – of the rotation. So do they feel super great about Renfro and they should, and do you let Snead go? But I think Snead is a guy that makes your 53 uh, on most every team. So yeah, if I had a guess, I think it's six receivers. I was asked today for a, for a local podcast um, as a guest that I was asked, which players do I think need to step their game up? And my response was that I didn't feel that was the correct vernacular in, in who I think should step their leadership up. And I, I really pinpointed Richie Incognito and McCoy and, and um, I didn't say Casey Hayward, but I mean, he would fall in there too, where I, 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 I somewhat think that these guys, because of, of the roles that they've been put in, they're really in a position to where they need to have impact moments. We've heard Gruden say impact plays, but they need to have impact moments with the youth that's been infused on the offensive line, on the defensive line, in the secondary. How important do you see those three guys or the veterans that have been somewhat dropped in the middle of a unit for more than their their experience in veteran play, but more so for their mentorship. Yeah, if I had a, and that's an interesting question. If I had to pick one, the most important, and there's a caveat, then I'll get to that. But I, I think it's Hayward because, man, and as soon as he signed, it, he, you've heard nothing but in the offseason, nothing but about his leadership and how important he is, and, and his importance of knowing Bradley's system in the last four years, and that translating to helping the, the young guys and. He hasn't. He's walked in as a starter, and he has, and and nothing's changed. So I think he's probably the most important guy. But they need Incognito to stay healthy too. I mean, if, if, if this guy, this is the guy who's 38 years old and missed 14 and a half games last year, you know. So you got you got to kind of hold your breath. And there's a little scare last week, but it seems like he's going to be okay. But they don't have a lot of room for error on the offensive line. So if they lose, if they were to lose a Richie, it could really could make things complicated. So I think he's really important as well. So as, as we're getting closer to the season, have you changed your outlook for this team based on what you thought coming into training camp to what it is now? Um, maybe just a little bit, but you know, I, I'm thinking it's eight to nine win team. I, I'm more encouraged about the defense being just more prepared. And just, you know, guys being in position, maybe having a couple more matchup pieces. Um, but you got to see it, you know. I mean, 
we've all done this too long to get romanced by the preseason and, and, and training camp practices. You have to see it. Um, I think there's hope, and there's been hope the last couple of years. I, I think this year, you know, you need more than hope. You need that hope to really translate, because I don't know if anybody's going to have the patience to say, you know, in January, okay, well, I guess they made a little progress. You know, they didn't make the playoffs, but, you know, they were compared that. This needs to be a step year, and if that defense can be, that defense doesn't need to be top five. I mean, if it's top 15 and the offense stays healthy, they're in business. And before we get you out of here, what are your thoughts on, on you know, obviously everybody knows the Chiefs are great and they're going to be great and it's going to be tough to pass them. Uh, but the two other teams in the division, the Broncos and the Chargers, a uh, lot of optimism about the Chargers, a lot of optimism about the Broncos, except for the quarterback position. Uh, which of these two teams uh, are going to be maybe fighting up there for second place with the Raiders? Or, you know, how does this thing shake out? I, I think it's the Chargers. I mean, you know, I, I've covered the Chargers a long time in the AFC West, and, and they're kind of they're frustrating, too. You know, they, there's been expectations, and they've had unbelievable injury issues. And if that ever gets cleared up, because, I, I mean, they do have a legit quarterback in this young guy. And I think Staley is going to be, a pretty good head coach. That guy did a great job in one year as defensive coordinator. And, I, I, you know, he got snapped up for a reason. So I, I think they're on the right track there in Los Angeles. And the Broncos, um, I, I think they're the fourth best team in this division. And, and it's because they have the fourth best quarterback. And I don't think it's close to number three. And I think that's going to be an issue. And Vic Fangio has proven to be a, a, maybe not a great, game day coach so those two things worry me there you go i think that's i think that's the worst best team well, there you go man thanks great great stuff and a great breakdown bill williamson follow him up on twitter at b williamson nfl where can people find your stuff what are you working on i uh, work at silver and black pride every day and yeah we just get it done and i appreciate it thanks for having me sounds good and uh we will talk again soon about the raiders and uh, what is going on out there? We'll talk every day about the Raiders and what's going on out at training camp. Back at practice tomorrow for the first time in a couple of weeks. Actually, the first time in more than a week, they'll be at the facility. Uh, we'll get you an update on that tomorrow and wrap things up when we continue here on Cofield and Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, dude. All right, you're wrapping things up, Cofield and Company, on a Tuesday. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. A lot going on. I'm very distracted by things that are happening. Uh, Raiders have been gone for a while. They're finally back practicing tomorrow. We get to see uh, another look. We got to see a game. We got to see some practices against the Rams, but they have not practiced at the facility in over a week now. So pretty exciting that they'll be back on the field tomorrow. Uh, something we talked about off the air real quick. I finally found it because we got <laughs> distracted. But okay. during the Orioles' 18-game losing streak, they have been outscored 130, 149 to 47. Oof. So minus 102 run differential going into tonight. And what are they losing? Only getting worse. And they're losing 13 to 2. It's 13. Good lord. That was 11. What happened? It's 13. Oh, oh is it 13 to 2? I thought you said it was, I thought you said it was 13 to 2. Or maybe it is. I can't remember. It's a lot to a little. 
The Orioles are horrific. They're losing 13-2 to two in the bottom of the fourth. We talked to uh, to Dave Koken yesterday and said, can you just bet against the Orioles on the run line every day? Uh, you would be, if you did it every day during the streak, you would be 17-1. and one. They had one one-run game in wow. that during that 18-game losing streak, which is, let's just say, it's going to be 19 now, and it's going to be 1-18 and 18 on the run line. Uh, I mean, I think you can't start now because at some point they're going to actually win games, but... Man, that has been an ugly run. And on the other end of it, when we talked earlier um, about the Red Sox, right? Was it, who did you talk to? Was it Sammy P? Yeah. Uh, the Yankees, since acquiring Joey Gallo on July 30th. Um, the was, Yankees? That, was that it, July 30th? Yeah, 20 yeah. and 4. They're 20 and 4, and they're leading 4 to 2 in Atlanta in the, in, the, in the bottom of the fifth. They have won 20 of their last 24 games since acquiring Gallo. And they're in the playoff hunt. Wow. It is crazy what is going on with some of those AL East teams. Uh, not as crazy as the Little League game. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll be watching this when I get home. Uh, but let's jump back in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, I I wasn't going to talk about this, but I know you you put it out there. So I'll, I'll jump in, too. What is going – first of all, when are you doing your Milk Crate Challenge um, video? That's not going to happen. I, I I mean I've seen these things. Um, you know, throw three forty five plates on each side and tab me squat three fifteen, but I am not doing a milk crate challenge. Why? Are you scared? Yeah. I'm not gonna okay. fall on one. I've seen you know what I'm scared of is because as many videos as I've watched and the bad falls some of these guys have taken. You know, I, I will repeat my good friend Adam Hill from a podcast he did last week. Willie's in great shape, but he's an older man. Dude, my rib cartilage is not – I've had cracked ribs, and I am not taking a milk crate to the ribs from five feet in the air. It's just not going to happen. Five? I, some of the, I feel like they're higher. Yeah. I, when you I, get to that top step. They're, what are they, two – what are those, two feet high, two feet by two feet crate? So some of these crates, there's one, one two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's 14 feet. That's <laughs> – if that's what it is, if that's what the height is, I'm not taking one of those to the ribs. It's just not going to happen. I've seen some ugly, like I've seen ones where I'm like, that guy's back is broken. Here's one. It says, this is by far the worst milk crate challenge fall I've seen. <laughs> I'm scared to click it. Did you see my favorite one so far is the guy that was shaking? No, I haven't seen him. At the top, he got to the top step and he starts like shaking violently because the, the crates are shaking. You're like, oh, get it together. Get it together. Oh, he's not going to get it together. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm. I think people have said this before, so I'm I maybe just copying. Where are you getting these milk crates from? The Smiths by my house. I, I haven't driven behind it in a while, but I want to on purpose drive behind it because I kid you not, there are tons. When I say tons, I'm talking like stacked by the Smiths by my house. They're always out there. I'd be curious to see how empty it is now, or how, or if they're hiding them or not leaving them in the back. <laughs> it's. The whole thing is crazy, and I can't stop watching videos. I know Steve talks about his TikTok uh, cooking videos. I'm just walking, watching Milk Crate Challenge videos all the time right now. Oh, I can't stop it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to get out and see some more videos right now. That's what we're going to do. Go watch some more videos. You guys can do that, too. We'll be back with you tomorrow. So much more coming up. Co-Founder Company on Wednesday. Talk to you then.